probably most of us can relate at some level with Peter in today's gospel. When we think about our own mountaintop experiences, those experiences where we get to a place where we feel very close to God and where the world even takes on this luminous quality. And like Peter, we want to capture it. We want to hold on to it. We want to enshrine it even. You can imagine Peter erecting three shrines, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for Jesus. Maybe living on the mountaintop, maybe charging admission for people to come up and see them. Or to paint an even more anachronistic picture, maybe to throw a cable down the mountainside and turn it into the next great reality TV show so that this ecstatic experience can be monetized. Isn't that what good entrepreneurs are supposed to do? Isn't that Peter's job? One of my favorite readings in all of scripture is today's reading from 2 Kings. This beautiful passage, this climactic passage from the cycle of Elijah's stories and the Hebrew scriptures that we share with our Jewish brothers and sisters, this is one of the great narratives in all of our common scripture. And it has everything in it. It has pathos and drama and special effects and a bit of comedy, too. If you look closely at the text, Elijah is trying to offload Elisha, if you will, who's sort of yapping at his heels the whole way. Elisha, who's become so devoted to his master, Elijah to him has become a father figure. And at first, Elijah says, well, I'm going as far as Bethel. Elisha won't leave him there. Well, I'm going as far as Jericho. Elisha won't leave him there. Well, I'm going to the Jordan. Elisha won't even leave him there, but follows him across. All the while, these lesser prophets are constantly in the Greek chorus mode, saying, do you know that your master is going to be taken from you today? And Elisha, whose heart is already breaking, because of course he knows this, says, yes, I know. Shut up. Tell me something I don't know. But those lesser prophets are a little bit like Peter in today's gospel. They want something that they can sort of hang on to and be good spectators. They watch at Bethel. They watch at Jericho. They go to the boundary of the Jordan and they watch. But Elisha is more devoted because Elisha knows that this prophetic mission is not a spectator sport. And for the ancient Israelites who knew this text intimately, it's more than just crossing a river. It is crossing that symbolic border that the ancient ones crossed when they came into the promised land. It is crossing that place that marks the boundary between God's kingdom and the chaos beyond. That marks the boundary between earth and heaven. 
between life and death. And Elisha is so devoted, so faithful, that he follows his master into that liminal space and encounters in there both the enormous garment-rending experience of watching his master being taken into heaven and also witnesses the power of heaven itself. That imagery would not have been lost on Mark's first audience who heard today's gospel reading because if you remember at the very beginning of this season we heard about somebody else at the Jordan John Baptist who is baptizing and Jesus when he goes there to be baptized enters that liminal space and the heavens are open and you remember God speaks just as God does today on the mountaintop. It would not have been lost on those first century folk who heard this story because by the first century there was an ongoing narrative in the tradition that Elijah was going to come back at some point. And so, of course, when John the Baptist appears at the Jordan, authorities are sent from Jerusalem to ask him, Are you Elijah? Are you Elijah come back? Because for Elijah to come back meant that the world was about to be changed. Things were going to be different. Perhaps, perhaps, it was a sign that the Messiah would come. So it would not have been lost either on Mark's first audience that this image of Jesus on the mountaintop speaking not only with Elijah but with Moses was a tremendous moment in the tradition. It was to bring together the giver of the law with the greatest of all prophets from Scripture. And Jesus brings them together to demonstrate something new, something world-changing, something earth-shattering. So can we wonder that Peter wants to enshrine it? Maybe monetize it. Do what all primitive religions do, and that's make a business out of it. But instead they turn around and the vision is gone. And Jesus leads them back down the mountainside, back to the matting and fickle crowds, back to that tumultuous and dangerous path that ends with the cross. These readings contain in them a contrast between primitive religion and true religion. Primitive religion, as you all know, is a spectator sport. Right? It's when we pay the gods to play. Right? To do what we expect them to do. It's when we know where the gods are, we domesticate them, we give them shrines. It's when we have people, priests, who help manage the gods for us. After all, every celebrity needs a manager, right? But Elisha 
And the disciples, closest to Jesus, although they don't realize it at the time, stumble into true religion, true faith, which is made of devotion. It's what we truly mean when we say, I believe. It's not about intellectual assent. That kind of stuff is for textbooks and academe. It is about giving ourselves over completely in the way Elisha gives himself to Elijah, in the way Peter, James, and John, in their stumbling way, you know, sometimes you can talk about Mark as Jesus and the Three Stooges, but that's a different sermon for a different time, in their stumbling and sort of funny way, give themselves to this life. Because it is not a life made up only of ecstatic experiences. It is a life that has pain, self-offering, sacrifice, difficulty, and even death as part of it. This is a turning point in the Gospel of Mark. And it's also a turning point for us in the seasons of the church year. This is the doorway, this transfiguration into Lent. It is seeing this turning point where though we recognize a transfigured Christ, we are invited into that glory as well. And that glory is not found by simply going up on the mountaintop. It is found by going down into the difficulties of life, into the depths of pain, to address the deep needs and the human suffering that is so present with us, not only in ourselves, but in the world around us. And that is the calling of this transition time, this turning time. A call from primitive religion to true religion. The only question for us is, will we follow Elijah through the Jordan? Will we follow Jesus back down the mountain? This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.